Welcome to SBC This Week. I'm Brandon Porter. Laura Erlinson is here. Laura, we are in person together. Which, in the same room. That's right. It's amazing. That's right. So uh, state convention season is finally to an end and um, back back here in Nashville and opportunity for us to be together. Yes. And uh, I have been holding down the fort. I'm you glad have. to have I'm glad to have you back. <laughs> you have. You have. So and that that's the case at my house and I know at Jonathan Howe's I'm, house and yes, at Charles Grant's sure, house as well. I am sure yep. Monica is even happier to have you back. Yep, yeah. Yeah. I was talking to an AMS just a little bit earlier and he'd had his association meeting the week before and then this week had their state convention meeting and he was reading through a long list of to do's now. And so yep. um, there's still a lot lot of work to be done moving forward out of state conventions. We're going to talk about a number of state conventions in this episode of SBC This Week. We're so glad that you've joined us for the program. Uh, before we jump into that, though, we want to thank our presenting sponsor, Subsplash. If you're a pastor who wants to engage with your congregation and build connections beyond weekend services, Subsplash can help. Subsplash allows your community to access messages, resources, and even give from one place helping congregations connect in ways you never could have before. Learn more at subsplash.com forward slash SBC. When you use that link, you'll get a special discount, but you have to use the link. Again, it's subsplash.com forward slash SBC. So, Laura, as we mentioned, lots of state convention news to talk about in just a moment. But first, we want to start with ascending celebration. We'd love to have that in we take one of those in every single yes, podcast. Yes, one of my favorite types of stories. But it actually kind of is a state convention story, too. Mm-hmm. Because at the Florida Baptist uh, Annual Meeting, just here earlier this week, they had a sending celebration. IMB hosted a sending celebration there at Idlewild Baptist Church in mm-hmm. the Tampa area, not far from where I'm from. Okay. And that sending celebration, they saw 49 new missionaries awesome. uh, appointed that night at Idlewild. And uh, Florida Baptist Convention Executive Director Tommy Green said, Florida Baptists are, quote, all in for missions. <laughs> uh, 289 Floridians are currently serving with IMB. And they, um, he kind of uh, was, he backs it up. Florida yeah. backs it up because uh, over the last 25 years, Florida Baptists have given $143 million to wow. the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And in the past 100 years, since the cooperative program has been around, almost 100 years, they've given $1.3 billion to the cooperative program. Very so cool. pretty amazing. There's some really cool stories in every Sending Celebration article or uh, report that we have in BP has some really neat stories from uh, missionaries that are being appointed. And this one is no different. Uh, one family has been planning a church in New York City for the mm-hmm. past several years. And that church is now kind of uh, on its legs and is growing. And so they are now moving to Europe awesome. and to plant, to plant churches there. And then another couple uh, both grew up in South Korea, but were educated here in the U.S. and met each other here. And now they're going to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Very cool. And so it's just... A lot of cool, cool stories. A lot of, you read some of these and you think, gosh, I want to meet these people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So Tommy Green says Florida Baptists are all in. Hold yes. on to that. Don't do it yes. yet. Hold it. Hold okay, it. I'm holding, we, we, I'm we're going to come back to that I'm in just holding. a minute. All right. 
because um, I've I've got something I've got something <laughs> for you there on that one. So all right, I can't wait. Yep. So let, let's go to uh, Nam now, a church planting orientation uh, with more than two hundred church planters representing seven languages, thirty states, and five Canadian provinces. Eh. Uh, they, they attended that Sin Network orientation um, in early November the 6th through the 8th. Yeah. And um, they, they've just wrapped up this assessment process to become church planners, and they were sent by 160 churches. Yeah, so, 202. So 202 church planners. Uh, that's a huge class. And this is the first uh, event of this kind that they've held since, in, uh, you might remember, in New Orleans. Um, Send Network announced a mobilization pathway, which is basically a way for churches to kind of resource churches to plant churches mm-hmm. and help them do that. And uh, so that that was introduced there in New Orleans back in June. And this was the first, uh, I guess, results of that, the first fruit of that mm-hmm. churches, these 160 churches sending out uh their members to plant churches so that's what it's all about yeah well in a in a newsy kind of item bart barber this week southern baptist convention president was interviewed by chris cuomo on news nation uh chris cuomo has a has a nightly program there and they had wanted to have bart barber on as a guest for quite a while and that was able to come together um and boy bart really uh, had to deal with some high profile Mm -hmm. issues there in that program yeah he did he was like fresh off of his trip to the uh, southern baptist of texas annual meeting and then he did this interview there at first baptist farmersville where he's the pastor Mm -hmm. and uh, they talked a lot mostly about the war in gaza and bart said this is his quote southern baptists are not pacifists Mm. It's possible to care about the humanity of everyone involved and still have the moral clarity to identify an aggressor and someone who is making a justified response to aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, kind of heavy stuff yeah. that they talked about. But he also, of course, uh, as he as he does, uh, championed Southern Baptists and pointing out just that, you know, we've had a presence there in Gaza for decades. Um, and even now, we are providing counseling, bomb shelters, mm-hmm. and then, of course, basic needs, supplies, food, water, things like that. And um, and he called Southern Baptists to pray. Uh, he said, now that the hostages have been, the hostages that were taken on October 7th have been in captivity now for over a month. He said, this Sunday is a good time for Southern Baptists to take a moment to pray for their safe return and for a just and lasting peace in Israel. Yeah. So I tell you, there there was uh, a new video loaded up to send relief this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryant Wright had returned That's from right, a trip I saw over that. there. Mm-hmm. So so I was thinking about this interview with Dr. Barber, and um, you know, thinking about our own church and how how could we do that on Sunday. And so um, I think we're going to try our best to show that video from Bryant Wright. You can get that at sendrelief.org. Mm-hmm. Just download it there, and that opens you know for us that that would open an opportunity. To share that, to, to give thanks for the opportunity to serve in that way, but then to also join in with what President Barber's talking about of praying. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, shift our gears now to Georgia. So we, we kind of teased this a minute ago. Big news out of Georgia as they uh, gave it a check. A big check (laughs) to the International Mission Board this week. Yeah, this is another kind of a a state convention related story. Mm -hmm. Georgia Baptist also met this week and uh, they had a surplus in their budget. And Mm -hmm. so from that surplus, they gave a $1.7 million check Mm. to the International Mission Board. 
uh, Paul Chitwood said, as far as he knows, it's the largest of its kind from a state convention. And so that was a pretty big deal. But Thomas Hammond, who's the executive director of the Georgia Baptist Mm -hmm. Mission Board, he got up and said that Georgia Baptists are the most evangelistic and the most mission-minded Baptists, and that 300 Georgia Baptists are serving with IMB, which beats the 289 from Florida. (laughs) He didn't say that. I'm saying that. But I think this is something we're just going to have to settle this in Indianapolis, I feel like. It sounds sounds like it. So so what what are some ideas that that you have? Well, the first one that I thought of was maybe an arm wrestling tournament at the IMB booth, maybe. Okay. I don't know. What do you think? I think that would be a great Baptist press story and, and an even better photo opportunity. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're listening, Dr. Green, Dr. Hammond, uh, I think that I think it, people could put money on it and money goes to Lottie Moon. Oh, no. no, no, probably not. Maybe not. OK. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, um, yeah. Or, of course, we could settle on the football field. Well, I, I thought about the Florida-Georgia game, too. Yeah. I did think about that. That just but happened a few weeks ago. It did. How, it was very go? sad. I don't want to talk about it. But I, oh. I happen to know that Tommy Green is a big Alabama fan. I don't know about Thomas Hammond. So what? that doesn't really work. Oh, I don't know. Oh, goodness. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on then, I yeah. guess. All right. So state convention meetings happening um, all, all over the place. Um, I tell you what, a big one was in Hawaii. They have had a lot going on Yes, there. we had a really important story from the Hawaii Baptist Convention meeting uh, this year, and just because there was so much going on there. Um, and something that I think kind of got lost, maybe for a lot of people, was the uh, tragedy in Guam. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't even know this, but Guam Baptist churches are a part of the Hawaii Baptist uh, Convention, the mm-hmm. Hawaii Pacific Baptist Convention. And they had a massive uh, natural disaster there just a few weeks before the wildfires in Maui. And so there's just been a lot. That convention has had a huge, Mm. um, just a lot of tragedy and difficulties in the last few months. So their meeting was really uh, a welcome respite, I think, for a Mm. lot of those people. Mm. And they also welcomed a brand new executive director, Craig Mm -hmm. Webb, who was elected just a few weeks ago. But they had a great welcoming service and inauguration service for him. And. So uh, a pretty encouraging story there from Hawaii. I think they really needed that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, in Kentucky, uh, the Credentials Committee there uh, followed the work of the SBC Credentials Committee, and they uh, messengers there to the KBC annual meeting decided to make the hard move to find Fern Creek Baptist in Louisville, uh, not in friendly cooperation with their state convention. Um, they really had a, a great emphasis as well in Kentucky on calling out the called. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a they had a big evangelistic outreach uh, the weekend before the state convention began, and uh, Clayton King came in and and spoke, and uh, the Jason Lovins band provided worship, and I think there was a 200 member choir. Yeah, that, I think that, I saw that. Yeah, that, that Bubba Stewart helped to organize, and um, I, I was seeing a post from Ian Kirko there at Kentucky and Dr. Gray, uh, the state exec there in Kentucky. I think 86. That seems that's the number that pops into my mind. 86 people saved. Wow. At that, at that meeting. Yeah. That. That's really at, that great. Outreach. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So very, very encouraging there. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about Georgia a moment ago with the IMB, uh, the, the generous gift that they had for them. They also made some changes to their governing documents. Yeah, I thought, I thought this was interesting. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how often state 
conventions make uh, updates and changes mm-hmm. to their governing documents, probably not a bad idea uh, for documents that were written sometimes hundreds of years ago, or d- at least decades ago in most cases. And so um, they just uh, kind of updated them. And they said also they had been sort of patched together over a number of different adjustments and addend- addendums over the years. And, and so they just um, they just made some changes to having to do with cultural issues and the stands that they take mm. and uh, requiring churches uh, to fill out an ACP mm. profile every year wow. in order to um, seat messengers at their annual meetings and um, several different other things. It's a really uh, interesting story. I would recommend you go and read that and see kind of what they did and maybe it's a pattern for some other states i'm not sure yeah no. i was gonna say i'm sure all the folks who are responsible for the acps in the states mm-hmm. they will be reading that story yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yeah. i mean it's it's a big deal yeah uh in texas and virginia and tennessee and north carolina there were um resolutions motions statements um that that deal with women in ministry that that mm-hmm. came to the forefront and and folks uh, they either took action or they took action by not taking action. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So in Tennessee, there was a really great statement about women in ministry a resolution in North Carolina. Also, Texas was um, had passed a motion last year at their annual meeting mm-hmm. and were set to maybe pass it again this year. And Bar- Barber, of course, who's also a Texas pastor, was there and uh and just urge them to push pause on that mm-hmm. because the cooperation group that we've talked about here on the podcast a lot um, is still working. And he so he's just said, let's just kind of wait and see what that does and where that goes before we um, take any action. Yeah. Just see what happens. So there's lots of um, lots of activity in the states regarding the role of women in ministry and the and the the role of pastor. In yeah. our churches, yeah, and so so th- those are some high points from uh, Hawaii, Kentucky, Georgia, Texas, Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina. Oh, there's so many more yeah, coming they, this week. And then that, that yeah, I mean, <laughs> so the, many the, more. The hopper is is full. <laughs> They're and, coming at me. Yeah. I feel like I was thinking this morning, like, do you remember like exam week in college? Mm. And you think between now and like Thursday, I have six exams and I have no idea how I'm going to get this done, but I just know that by Thursday afternoon, it's all going to be done. I don't know how at this point, but I just am comforted in the fact that it's just going to be done. That's how I feel about state convention meetings right now. Yeah, Yeah. they're here. So, you know, I was thinking about how over the weeks recently of this podcast, you've been talking about the importance of them and focus on them and all of those things. And it's like, and now it has happened. Here it is. So it is absolutely. So, um, so we, we are thankful for folks helping us to get that, those reports out in Baptist press. Um, we had a story this week from Lifeway Research, Laura, that um, I thought was really encouraging. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I did too. Of course, for so many months and maybe even a year or two, uh, the news was discouraging coming post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Well, this was the last Lifeway Research uh, story, or I guess Lifeway Research project, coming out of the pandemic. You know, every few months, Lifeway has done sort mm-hmm. of an analysis of how the pandemic affected our churches. And this was the last one. They're not going to do any more. Yeah. Um, and it's found that 100% of churches are meeting again. Okay. So that was a rebound, finally, is a back to 100%. Yeah. Um, now, on average, nine out of 10 uh, churchgoers have returned to church. Mm. Um, so that's that was encouraging. 
uh, Protestant pastors reported 89% of their typical worship service crowds from early 2020 are back uh, to church. So maybe maybe that's not the best news that 11% of people have, have not come back. Um, but what was encouraging is in January of 2021, there were only 60% of people that had come back to church. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, it's definitely in the trending in the right direction. And most per- most churches did lose people during the pandemic. My church was not immune to that, I'm sure, sure most people. But many did not. Many did not. And 23% of churches actually grew and are growing, uh, grew during the pandemic. Most, And here's something I thought was interesting. Most of the churches that did grow were the smaller churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, people with uh, churches with just 50 people or so actually grew. A lot of them did. Yeah. And so uh, that was pretty encouraging. Yeah. I mean, we're, our family is a part of a replant situation because COVID just about wiped out a, a church mm-hmm. that had become uh, fairly elderly in its uh, demographic in the congregation and um, and so the Lord opened a door for another church to partner and we were asked to be a part of that and so so COVID while it wasn't the only factor it, it was really a significant factor um, in that and so uh, so but encouraging to see that that we're now it, it, it feels like we really are kind of over the hump and moving forward now. The COVID's yeah. in a, as far as the pandemic of COVID, it's in the rearview mirror. Yeah. We can move forward. Yeah, now. absolutely. Yeah. Well, Laura, in just a few minutes, we're going to hear from Aaron Moraz. Um, Aaron leads the Mission Dignity team at Guidestone. And um, boy, they, they do some great work to come alongside and help widows and widowers um, who have served so long so faithfully in ministry and um, are. are find themselves struggling uh, from time to time. And so Aaron's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, mission dignity, not only the work they do, but an opportunity to come alongside them on Giving Tuesday. So stay with us. Aaron will be with us in just a second. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for joining us for SPC this week. Thank you so much, Brandon. It's a pleasure to be with you. You know, we feel like most Southern Baptists know, or at least should know, what Mission Dignity is, but I'm sure there are some who are just learning about it. And so tell us a little bit about Mission Dignity, if you would. Yeah, so Mission Dignity is the original ministry assignment of Guidestone Financial Resources going all the way back to 1918. Hmm. Uh, We were founded as the Relief and Annuity Board of the Southern Baptist Convention, Relief being Mission Dignity. Uh, Hmm. And it's changed names over the years, but it's it's uh, always been the heart of Guidestone. Uh, we take care of retired ministers and widows who are near or below the poverty level. And there's 2,800 that we take care of nationwide, and uh, 60% of them are widows, mm. uh, pastors. And then one out of four of them is a widow over the age of 85, and uh, seven of them are widows over 100 years old, and two of those seven are still teaching Sunday school. Wow. How about that? <laughs> That's encouraging. Very encouraging. That That is something to shoot for. Yes. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, as, as we begin to close out 2023, when it comes to Mission Dignity, what are some highlights that come to your mind? Well, definitely Mission Dignity Sunday is uh, one of our biggest emphasis. We're so thankful for our churches that, that join in on that fourth Sunday in June. However, you can you can you can have Mission Dignity Sunday any Sunday, and um, uh, we've already gotten up to one point, almost 1.6 million on that, which is almost a record. We'll probably have that record by the end of the year, 
And um, it's uh, that's one of our biggest things. Uh, of course, the other thing is uh, is what's coming up, Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday is uh, is on November 28th, and it's definitely uh, one of our biggest giving days for individuals. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, but those two things definitely uh, are 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 our biggest highlights. Yeah. What are some challenges uh, over this past year? Well, I'll tell you, uh, this this economy has been a very, very difficult economy for everybody. Our recipients are uh, very, they're feeling the squeeze. Mm. Well, and um, poverty level went up 10% last year, uh, which means that uh, we had 126 households that moved into the uh, below poverty level, um, and uh, that uh, that's always a challenge. Um, it also affects our donors. Our most of our donors are are um, uh, medium sized donors, meaning that uh, they give anywhere between fifty and uh, one hundred fifty, maybe two hundred dollars, and um, and that has definitely put the squeeze on them as well. And so there's there's a little bit of a challenge, but I will say the Lord has been so good to us. Um, we're actually a little bit ahead of last year, and um, and we're we're continuing to do well. And uh, the Lord has has blessed hmm. our a hundred percent of what what's given to Mission Dignity goes to our retired ministers and widows. We don't take any operating costs or administrative costs. All that is taken care of through an endowment that was established over fifty years ago. And so, uh, so we we are able to send all of what is sent in uh, to our retired ministers and widows, and it's such a blessing. They receive anywhere between two hundred seventy-five and seven hundred fifty dollars a month, depending on their years of service and their level of need. We also give them a Christmas check, and you should hear what they do with that Christmas check. They're givers; they're not takers. There's yeah. one lady that actually said that. Uh, she went out and bought Christmas presents for all of her uh, uh, neighborhood children, wow. put a gospel tract and every single one of those Christmas presents. And there was a little girl, nine-year-old girl that came and knocked on her door and said that she prayed to the prayer in the back of the, of the wow. track. And uh, so that's their heart. You know, they, they want to uh, continue to serve and, and do all that they can for the gospel's sake mm. until the very end. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. very encouraging. Where can folks go on the web to learn about Mission Dignity? It's very simple, missiondignity.org. Uh, there's a donate button on there, and then there's also a, um, a, a feature about Giving Tuesday. Uh, there's a, a number of videos on there, on, and you can go to our, our uh, MDS website, which is mdsunday.org, and okay. get all the videos that Mission Dignity has for going back about six or seven years. Okay, very good. Well, tell us a little bit about Giving Sunday and how, how it impacts uh, Mission Dignity. Uh, Giving Tuesday, you mean? Sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's do that again. I'll, I'll fix okay. it. I'll, I'll do it right. So tell us a little bit about Giving Tuesday and how it uh, impacts. Say, so I've got Mission and Dignity and Sunday and Giving. <laughs> I have all these words in my head. Let me put them together. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about so tell us a little bit about Giving Tuesday and how it affects Mission Dignity. So Mission Dignity Sunday was mostly church donors. 
uh, Giving Tuesday is mostly individual donors. And uh, we have about 25 individual donors that come together, uh, pull their resources together and offer matching funds for Giving Tuesday. So this year we have up to $700,000 in matching gifts. Uh, so all gifts on Giving Tuesday will be matched up to $700,000. And it doubles the impact of the of the uh, gift. And it uh, and like I said, 100% of it goes to our retired ministers and widows. And we've just been so blessed over the years with this Giving Tuesday emphasis. Last year, we did $600,000 in matching gifts. Uh, the donors always go above and beyond because they love it so much. Uh, there was actually 816,000 that was given last year in response to the 600,000 in matching gifts. So they actually exceeded the matching gifts by over 200,000. And uh, so it's been a blessing. It really has. And uh, we're so thankful for those donors that offer the matching gifts. Hmm. Very good. Anything else that, that you'd like to share that, that folks need to know about Mission Dignity? So mission dignity, of course, uh, the 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 heart of mission dignity is is the widow and and um, and there are so many stories about our widows. Uh, they they love the Lord so much. Uh, they they've served all their lives for uh, for the gospel with with their husbands. Um, many of them have served for over sixty years with their husband uh, before he passed away. And uh, and I'm reminded of of one that that just said, uh, you know, after after being married for 61 years, she said, um, I didn't know who I was, as uh, I was always the pastor's wife, and then all of a sudden I wasn't. And so she said, uh, I've moved closer to my to my daughter, and uh, went and joined a church near uh, where I lived, and uh, the pastor asked me, what do you what do you what do you want to do? And she said, you know, I've always been a pastor's wife, so just put me somewhere where I can share Jesus. And uh, the, the church had a battered women's shelter. And so they put her as the greeter for the battered women's shelter. And over the last two years, she said, I've led 52 women to the Lord. Wow. <laughs> that just shows their, their great love for the Lord and for their uh, for the gospel, and they just want to keep going until the very end. All right, Laura. Well, our history moment has to do with religious liberty. That is a topic that we discuss often here at Baptist Press as mm -hmm. we uh, try to focus on that in our stories. Uh, so just a second before we do that, we want to make sure to thank one more time our presenting sponsor, and that is Subsplash. You need to go and check them out, and um, you can learn about what they can do for your church and also how, how they, they want to come alongside and offer a discount to SBC churches. Go to subsplash.com forward slash SBC. Uh, to get that information and to find that discount code. So, Laura, significant day in the history of uh, religious liberty um, yeah, here in the U.S. Yeah, it was US. kind of an easy choice mm -hmm. today to decide what our history moment should be. Uh, we actually are going to have a, we, ha we haven't received it yet, but we're going to have a story in Baptist Press uh, about this anniversary. Uh, this week is the 30th anniversary of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act which was signed into law by uh, President Bill Clinton in November of 1993. It was a response, a legislative response to a Supreme Court decision. Um, the Supreme Court decision uh, 
Supreme Court's Employment Division versus Smith was the decision in 1990. And there was just a a major backlash to that decision. And Congress uh, actually worked bipartisanly to get this legislation passed and passed it almost unanimously. And then uh, Bill Clinton signed it, uh, basically just ensuring religious liberty. So there was, of course, a big, big ceremony in Washington, D.C. Bill Clinton departed from his prepared remarks mm. uh, to say that there is a great, a great debate abroad which finds itself injected into several political races about the extent to which people of faith can seek to do God's will as political actors. I would like to come down on the side of encouraging everybody to act on what they believe is the right thing to do. And uh, from what I understand, those weren't even his prepared remarks. Those are just, he kind of spoke spoke from the heart. His pastor, of course, uh, Bill Clinton was a Southern Baptist, and Mm -hmm. his pastor, Rex Horn, was Mm -hmm. at the ceremony. And Richard Land, who was the the, uh, executive director of the Christian Life Commission, which Mm -hmm. is now ERLC, um, he said... He was greatly encouraged by the president's comments, and he said it was appropriate that it was a Southern Baptist um, president who had signed signed it into law. He said the religious freedom embodied in the First Amendment to our Constitution is the particular Baptist gift to the Reformation and to America. Mm, so uh, take a look at that story in Baptist Press about RFRA. If you haven't, if you don't know much about it, it's um, it's been important. Ever since then, really for 30 years, it's still very important legislation. Yeah, very good. Interesting history moment. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. Lots of great stories, lots of great information on on SBC this week. Thanks, Brandon. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. All right. Well, don't take our word for any of these things. As always, go to BaptistPress.com and there's plenty, plenty more.